Hello. Oh. What? Now you can say oh, hello. No. <laughs> I can't count. Good oh. morning. How are you? Wow. <laughs> I was off by five Take seconds. two. Yeah, exactly. Man, Good thing radio. this isn't live. Oh, 8.05 great. is the time. The sun's <laughs> out. I thought it was going to rain last night. But, yes, yes. But it's okay. I had heard it's, that as it's, well. It's coming. And then today. It's coming. Ooh, it's nice. Not bad at all. No. Uh, opening bumper. Yes. And now, now, I know you're probably not going to be on board with this, but there's a reason. <laughs> What's new? There's okay. a reason. Yeah. Okay? All right. The guy who did the song was mm-hmm. born on this date. Okay. He died on this date. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And if we couldn't have, if the Star Spangled Banner was not the national anthem this would be my choice for the national anthem that frightens me just right there and this is recorded live okay in 1969 okay ladies and gentlemen merle haggard we don't smoke marijuana in muskogee we don't take our trips on LSD. We don't burn our draft cards down on Main Street. We like living right and being free. We don't make a party out of loving. We like holding hands and pitching woo (laughs) We don't let our hair grow long and shaggy Like the hippies out in San Francisco do (laughs) I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee Place where even squares can have a ball We still wave old glory down at the courthouse And white lightning still the biggest thrill Leather boots are still in style for manly footwear. Beads and Roman sandals won't be seen. Football's still the roughest thing on campus. And the kids here still respect the college dean. I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee A place where even squares can have a ball We still wave old glory down at the courthouse And white lightning still the biggest thrill of all <laughs> We still wave old glory down at the courthouse in Muskogee, Oklahoma, USA. Okay, baby, leave, leave it up. He's in Muskogee. Thank you very okay. much. 
I got that. And that let me go. Florida State. Thank you very much, really. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Oh my goodness. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Thank he didn't you. swear. <laughs> it's just, oh my goodness. I, yeah. I just, I love that song. All right. You know, some basic values. Great stuff. And he's live in Muskogee, and they're going, yes, American music. Merkin. American music. Merkin. Yeah. <laughs> Merle Haggard, uh, oh, one of the originators. He, uh, Buck Owens, um, uh, purveyors of the Bakersfield sound, the twanging Stratocaster mm. guitar. Um, yeah. But born and died on the same day. Wow, April, April 6th. Is, yep. Wow. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. So, it's used to play Merle Haggard. Okay. I just, I like the yeah, song. Yeah, that's the only reason. That's the American song. I had the flag right there. It's got my pins on. Are you going to talk about your pin? No. Okay. <laughs> Why? But it's, it's not TV because the, the listeners need to know what you're wearing. I'm wearing a campaign button. <laughs> yes. Specifically, what campaign? Nixon Agnew. <laughs> what? What's your problem with that? <laughs> I'm not. When sure was the last time you big... saw a Nixon Agnew pin? Right now. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What kind of pin is it? Nixon Agnew. American. Oh, American <laughs> pin. Don't be getting on me, woman. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Louise. You do beat all, Eight, my friend. Ten you is do. the time. Oh, anyway. goodness. So that that was. I just wanted to play Merle this morning. <laughs> you wanted to play all kinds of things this morning. Yeah, well, I know. Nixon I know. Agnew. That's oh, okay. goodness. Um. Um, what else is going on today? Oh, we got a bunch of stuff. We do. We have a great lineup today. Consider As always. We didn't have a clue what we were doing yesterday. <laughs> Just falls into place so nicely. Wow. We get great people to talk to, and we learn something every time. That is my favorite part yeah. about what we do, honestly, yeah. Yeah. is that you get exposed to so many different things that you wouldn't hear about normally, and you're like, oh, I need to go check that out. Oh, you get so. you get politicians on, you say, oh, I, I agree with them, or oh, I hate them, yeah. or whatever. Yep. We get them to talk. Sure. You decide. You like it. You don't like it. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we're not doing politicians today. Not today. No. no. Um, Unless there's somebody that's going to run for office that we don't know about. Is Jess, like, thinking about a, a run? Yeah. Well, there's a few of those. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, we're not going to have time to talk about it um, this, this juncture. But um, it, it's what I've been saying all along. The most popular politicians are moderates. There you go. There you go. It's what I've been saying. Yes. You know, um, and uh, you got the far left and the far right. Those are the people that win in the primary because they energize their base sure. and show up to vote. Sure. Then you're stuck in the general election with a far left and a far right, and you really don't like either one of them. Right. Right. And so you're not happy, so you don't go and vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the problem. The the, the far the far left. Um, will eat their young, the the moderate uh, left, and the Republicans will chew the moderates mm-hmm. to, to to the exclusion of the far right. I'm like, sure. oh, no, <laughs> that that's what happens, and that's Not why people are, are disenchanted yeah. with this is the best we can do. Right? Well, you voted for him. No, I didn't. 
well, there's the problem. So, but yeah, I saw that. That's what we've been saying. We've had uh, Neil was on Levesque from the uh, mm-hmm. Institute of Politics mm-hmm. at Saint Anselm's. Moderates, yes, you know, yep. but people, no, 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 far right, right, right. Far we left. want to, yes, yep. create big change, and it's yeah, it's great, makes you feel good. It does, but then the strategy falls apart. Yeah, I, I remember presidential primary. I voted for Pat Buchanan. Pat's Pat's far right man. He uh-huh. was, but I felt good. I liked Pat. <laughs> sure, he was a great guy. Sure, I didn't think he had a snowball's chance in hell. Mm. But okay, I voted for who I wanted to. Sure. Then it came time. Okay, then you. You did. Okay, whatever. I get that. Mm-hmm. But some people just got to be this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Man, too rigid. Too yes. rigid for me. 8.13 is the time. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about a uh, trap shooting event going on in Keene coming up. And it's uh, some uh, youth, uh, very proficient with trap shooting shotguns, taking on some members of the uh, New Hampshire Fishing Game Law Enforcement Division. And it's uh, a benefit to raise money for Operation Game Thief in New Hampshire. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with the uh, director of Operation Game Thief New Hampshire, uh, former Fishing Game Conservation Officer, Lieutenant Wayne Saunders, right after this. All right, welcome to Wayne's World. Here's your host, Wayne Campbell. Welcome to Wayne's World. That's it. You got it. Uh, Party on. Excellent. <laughs> good man. Good man. Wow. Welcome to Wayne's World, boys and girls. And it's my pleasure to, uh, to not talk about those guys, but talk about uh, a guy whose dream was to be a cowboy in the woods. And he did. He ended up being a cowboy in the woods. Uh, Lieutenant, former, retired Lieutenant uh, Wayne Saunders, conservation officer, New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. Uh, honored, celebrated wildlife uh, enforcement officer, uh, overseeing patrols in the northern reaches of the state from Mount Washington to the Canadian border. And now he's uh, uh, the head honcho at wardenswatch.com. Great podcast. Uh, Jonathan Demler is a new episode. Uh, You can check that out, wardenswatch.com. And he's also uh, the driving force behind Operation Game Thief New Hampshire. Busy guy, Wayne. Yes, yes, retirement. And everybody says it gets busier when you retire, and no one believes it until it happens. And yeah, it's happened. And just ask my wife and son. I'm just as busy, if not busier. <laughs> I, I bet she's thrilled that you're busy, not just moping around the house. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, you've got. Um, uh, we uh, were chatting with uh, Melissa Foley Riley uh, a couple weeks ago about badges and mm. barrels coming up uh, at Ferrybrook Range in Keene this Saturday. Uh, with some kids who are very proficient at uh, trap shooting, taking on some uh, COs from uh, law enforcement division of Fish and Game. And I guess, from what I hear, the officers are looking to redeem themselves. They're pre- yeah, we, we, we haven't fared as good. Uh, you know, younger <laughs> kids have uh, good reaction times, and they, they practice hard, and uh, and I think they really enjoy showing us up, too. That's <laughs> wow. Extra motivation yeah. there. <laughs> now, are you are you yeah. one of the uh, uh, people shooting? Yes, I've competed with them um, for the last two years that we've done this, and it's been an awesome event because it just pairs, you know, the, spooting, the shooting sports with youth and uh, game wardens, uh, Badges and Barrels. What a great name. And kind of went off of, uh, you know, what uh, – other agencies have done with um, 
the fire departments uh, playing hockey uh, against uh, the Chipper Chad there. So that's kind of where it came from, um, that, that idea. And the kids came up with the idea, which was great for AIM for New Hampshire, which is their Youth Shooting Sport Association. Yep. No, I, I thought it was a great, uh, great idea. Um, and I understood that. And then when she told me that uh, the money's being raised, we're going to go to uh, uh, Operation Game Thief. I went, wow, even better. Yes. Boy, Operation Game Thief's come so far since we used to start talking about it. You know, ten years ago, Peter. Yeah. Um, it's got a nonprofit board. Uh, we raise money, and then we support uh, law enforcement in uh, giving numerous ways for people to to call in and make those contacts that that they can make cases. We support them with uh, equipment that they maybe don't have. We've done uh, cameras, uh, trail cameras that they use in cases, and have been very effective. Uh, just lights, you know, just a sim- something simple as a flashlight when you're investigating a case uh, out at night. Uh, We've been able to help them out with those types of things and just uh, get more information to the people that need it to investigate the cases and quality information, too. It's been really good because, you know, we're only so many eyes and ears in the woods as game wardens. We need help from the people in the woods, whether you're a hunter, a fisher, a bird watcher, a hiker. You know, something tells you something's wrong, so make a call. I just, I just love what you hear at the, you know, the airports. If you see something, say something. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it takes. If you see something, say something. Let us investigate it. Let us make that determination, whether it's legal or illegal. And that's that's great. And it's been such a resource. And to get kids involved with it too, help promoting Operation Gave Thief. Help from promoting youth shooting sports. It's just, man, we, we've come so far so quickly, and my hat's off to all those uh, directors that work with me on the Operation Nonprofit Board. Uh, and we are, if somebody's interested in, in being a director, you know, reach out to us. Uh, you know, many hands makes little work, and I am uh, a believer in that. And uh, we always need support, especially as we're coming out of COVID and we're coming out with uh, doing lots of stuff, getting engagements, uh, just like this. Um, you know, we're going to be a wild New Hampshire day. That's the following That's weekend right. on the 16th. Yep. yep. Um, just uh, a lot going on. Uh, and you've been to some of our uh, wild game dinners, and we're talking about, you know, starting all that up again. So it's, And when you start up something, it takes a lot of people. We had it going, and then it, it stalled, it, it crashed, uh, along with everybody else, and now we're starting to, to kick it in again. So you know, always need some help and support. Hey, but, Wayne, yeah, Wayne, awesome Wayne, Wayne. Wayne, you knocked your microphone off or something. You're you're way in the background. Now you're gone. Don't tell me I dropped you. No, you're 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 really muddy. Get your technical people on this. Where's your IT? <laughs> yeah, I'm all oh, set. There you I go. Switched over to my Bluetooth. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. I have you, done you, that, yeah. and and the kids will say, "Why is your car talking?" Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey Wayne, is is there? You know, when we talk about uh, Operation Game Thief, um, people think you know poaching deer, uh, poaching moose, something like that. Um, they th- they think of it as more something that happens in, during the hunting season. But isn't it, doesn't uh, people taking my game, my fish, my birds, that happens all year round? All year round. You know, poachers don't need a season to do it. Uh, you know, fishing season's coming up, and that's actually going to be engaged quite a bit. 
Now he's gone. No, I don't. Are you still there? No, he's gone. Oh. What'd you do? I did oh, nothing. Oh, nice job, Jeannie. <laughs> yeah. Why does it not surprise me that you're throwing me under the bus? All right. Well, um, huh. That's interesting. It is interesting. You got Wayne mad? <laughs> I guess so. Well, that's how upset he is about well, poaching. Welcome to Wayne's <laughs> world. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah. Well, hey, at least this is live radio, you can tell. It is, when, and maybe he's running after a poacher. He but got very... it, uh, Barrels and Badgers, this Saturday, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Ferrybrook Range, uh, down in Keene. Um, it's on Ferrybrook Road. Uh, there's lunch, there's raffles. Uh, some of the conservation officers you have seen on episodes of Northwood's Law, they will be there to sign autographs and stuff and do selfies. and Kind of cool. Uh, and again, the money uh, being raised is going to uh, go to... Operation Game Thief that Wayne was talking about. So uh, it's very cool. And the fact that the COs have not fared so well against the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. I, I like that. <laughs> I'm sure the kids You don't do think those well. kids are strutting oh, going, yeah, baby, yeah, that's are. right. Yep, that's Come just on. what they need to prepare. Excuse me, them. Sergeant, would you like me to shoot it for <laughs> you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you need any tips, yeah, I'll be yeah. happy to. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Oh, Ooh, yeah. man. So if you'd like to have some fun uh, and help support Operation Game Thief uh, this, uh, this Saturday. Uh, 19 Ferrybrook Road in Keene at the Ferrybrook Range, Cheshire County Shooting Sports Education Foundation. Very, very cool. Uh, I'll tell you what, it is 825. We'll take a break and we'll be back with more. You know, someone said the world's a stage and each must play a part. Fate had me playing in love with you as my sweetheart. Act one was where we met. I loved you at first glance. You read your lines so cleverly and never missed a cue. Ah, uh, yes, Elvis. Then came out <laughs> from Are You Lonesome Tonight, where he starts talking and says, "The world is a stage where each of us plays a part." Scene one was when we first met, and he was doing the whole acting thing, which yeah, I thought was kind of appropriate. Yes, I think so. Very strategic, because we are welcoming on Brittany Sue Hines with the new London Barn Playhouse. How are you? <laughs> Applause here. <laughs> How are you? Wow, what? A greeting. Oh, my goodness. I'm excellent. How are you? Great. Great. We are doing very well. And we are, you know, there there does seem to be a lot of activity going on at the Playhouse as we're driving by. Oh, and yeah. it makes you think there's all kinds of construction going on. And we're thinking, oh, this is great. I'm sure there are big things happening in the works and I think you have many things to tell us about. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned, you were talking about junior intern company auditions. Tell us, Ooh. first of all, what is a junior intern? How does that work at a playhouse? What is that program? Well, as opposed to a senior intern? <laughs> Any intern, yeah. I don't know what I that mean, means. Really, okay. Yeah, there's got to be a difference because, yeah, many times you think of an intern as being a, you know, call like, college age person or beyond oh, i just missed it so right. yes it was really close for you peter yeah, but, yeah. but so tell us what a junior intern is and and what this program is all about i would love to you are absolutely right there's so much activity going on over at the barn um you know new buildings being constructed the porch being taken down and going to be rebuilt there's just uh there's a whole lot of new happening but one thing that stays the same is our junior intern company as you mentioned uh which is our group of young people ages 12 through 18 who spend the summer with us 
performing and designing the shows of our children's theater series, which is a, a series of four musicals and plays and Shakespeare productions that we put on over the course of the summer that are geared toward young audiences. So it's by young audiences for young audiences. And like you mentioned, we are having our auditions and interviews for our performing junior interns and our tech and design junior interns as we prepare for the summer. Okay, now now you said they're with you for the summer. They stay here or they come up every day and go home every night? They, they do go home every night. Okay. So it is for it is for local young people. Um, so, you know, whether you're just summering in New London uh, or you live here full time, we would we would love to have you. But no, unfortunately, it's not an overnight camp. But uh, we do spend every day together from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So it can kind of feel like it. <laughs> well, Brittany, you know, awesome. you, you, you say it's an overnight camp. A lot of parents are going, yes. Okay. <laughs> Free babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So so the the kids that are um, attending or the kids that apply to become interns, are these kids who have some experience already in theater, whether it's at school or, or are these kids that like, oh, I want to find out about what's involved? I mean, what what's the experience range yeah. that you're looking for? Yeah, it is such a wide range. You know, it is an audition and interview based program. So, of course, there are, are there are some years where some folks might not get in or maybe they need uh, just a few more years of preparation or, you know, just uh, a little bit more experience. But we have had people join our company with uh, little to no experience, but came in and, and wowed us and showed that they wanted to learn and grow within our program. So I feel like it comes down more to what they're willing to put in and the connections that they're willing to make. Um, of course, you know, the New London Barn Playhouse puts on such high quality productions. And for our young people, we ask them to strive toward greatness. But you know, we're not we're not aspiring to Broadway anytime soon, and that's okay. Um, so it's it's always a wide range of experience levels, and we welcome anybody, whether they're a veteran of the stage or they're somebody that just you know saw a production and they like the lights and they really want to learn how that works. Um, we invite them to to come and give it a try. I was going to ask about that because I think a lot of times we think of uh, becoming actors, and and that's the mm-hmm. the the piece of it that most people are picturing, but you know, the behind the scenes or the lights operation, things like that. Do you find that um, kids are surprised themselves in w- once they kind of get into those positions in either how involved it is or how much they like it or any of those things? Absolutely. It is it is such an experience for our, our technical junior interns is what we call them uh, for them to experience the many facets of theater. You're exactly right. Everyone sees a show and they think, wow, those actors rocked it out. But what you don't see is the stage manager calling all the cues and the lighting designer with all of the back work that they did. Um, so yeah, young people come in and are, are incredibly surprised by uh, the amount of effort that is put in and, and the variety, you know, if you don't like making costumes, you might find that you like, calling cues and working alongside the stage manager. So there's a, there's a whole lot of variety to to be explored, and, and we welcome that wholeheartedly to, you know, prepare our next generation of, of theatrical folks to design and perform excellent productions. So then is there the opportunity to kind of switch partway through if you're going in to be a technical expert or, you, you know, you want to maybe do the lighting and then you think, oh, 
I would love to design costumes. I mean, is there that opportunity to kind of switch tracks halfway through? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, for our technical interns, they get to experience it all. Yes, if they find something that they particularly like, they can kind of hone in on that for the summer. But we do encourage them to try all sorts of different things um, alongside the help of our um, professional early career employees that we hire for the summer. So, you know, they get the experience of, of working alongside somebody who has experience in the craft, has maybe gone to school for it, is preparing for a professional career. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very exciting opportunity for them to just absolutely get their hands in all sorts of, of elements and facets of theater. Well, it's it's not unlike broadcasting. You have a lot of people that say, boy, I'd like to talk on the radio, or I want to be an anchor right. at a television station. Okay, well, the, <laughs> you might not, you might get there and go, oh, I really, I don't like this, but boy, I like yeah. working the camp. oh, the production. I love I love making commercials digitally. I can manipulate this and put sound effects in, and I can cre- I like this better. So people come Absolutely. into the come into the field going, I want to be a sportscaster. I want to be a, a weather person. I want to be a news talk, you know, personality. <laughs> Not everybody can do it, but then they once they get in, I want to be an engineer. I want to be in sales. I want to be in production. Mm-hmm. I want to be uh, legal. Any field, it's going to be that way. You might not. You might see the the head person go. I want to be like them. Mm. Then you realize, eh, you know. But the fun is going to be over here, and they, yeah, it, and that's still yeah, a success yeah. because it's lit that little spark. I think yep. for the person that they didn't realize yep. that either they had exactly. a propensity for. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. I love yeah. that. Oh yeah, that's an excellent analogy. There you go. Well, so you mentioned that um, some of the things that they're working on, I think, are uh, the plays that are involved with the children's theater series. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the children's theater series. How come series. you didn't share this with me? <laughs> well, you know. Oh, <laughs> I only work oh, with you. Goodness. Come on. <laughs> you got to look at your cue card. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I would love to talk about the children's theater series. Um, so, yes, every every summer we put on four productions uh, over the course of nine weeks. So, you know, when I when I say that, you know, this is an audition and interview based program, it's also an, an intensive program. Like I said, we spend every day together from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We do some weekend opportunities as well. Um, so it's, it's a commitment. Uh, and we put on a lot of, of, of different productions to entertain the, the community. So um, our series this year consists of uh, our four shows. We open with our musical review, which is something that we do every year. It's a self-written review. Um, for the past several years, I have been the, uh, the playwright and director and choreographer of that, and I'm excited to do that again this summer with our production called Make Them Laugh. It's just going to be a comedic musical review uh, that'll get people laughing and, and feeling good, and that'll be followed up by Hamlet, which is not quite as laughable, but um, <laughs> will be taking place outdoors at a venue that is to be determined, but that is a free production. Anybody is welcome to come and attend our kind of Shakespeare in the park sort of uh, situation there. Nice. And then we will have, yeah, and then we have uh, Adventures in Wonderland, which is a self-written play, so it has not even been created yet. Our junior intern company, both our performing interns and our technical interns, will be able to collaborate and learn the, uh, the essence of playwriting to compose a show that is loosely based around the adventures of, of Alice in Wonderland. And then we will wow. wrap everything up with uh, Matilda, the musical based on Roald Dahl's classic book. And uh, yeah, that's usually our big show toward the end. Um, we have two different dates of production for that. And all of the information that I just 
spout it off to you can be found on our website, nlbarn.org. Tickets are on sale. Uh, you know, all the pitches and all the plugs because these shows are always an absolute riot. That's an ambitious project, too, to have them write the play and, <laughs> and yeah. play. I mean, that's yeah. that's quite an undertaking in that span of time. Yeah, we actually introduced that uh, two years ago when we had to go online and had a virtual summer, which was a beautiful and delightful challenge. Uh, and the, the young people in our company wrote an absolutely incredible piece based off of their, their childhoods. Um, and so we decided to kind of keep that as a part of our, our programming. We did it last year as well, and here we go again. So when, when is the, uh, uh, all the heavy equipment going to be off Main Street? Uh, and and we, get to, we get to see the, the new unveiling. Oh, man, I wish I had a date for you because I cannot wait until that is the case. But uh, I guess I'll say what I've heard for a while now, which is it'll be soon. It'll happen soon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I keep telling I like American that, yeah. Express. I'm sending in my check soon. Really, it's going to be soon. Someday. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's my favorite answer to my kids on yeah. any question. Yep, yeah. soon. Yep, soon. Yep, we'll yep. do that. Yep, Why? Because I said yeah. so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, speaking of kids also, I know you talked about um, that, obviously, the junior intern, uh, that program goes on, I think, through the summer. Are there summer camps in addition to that that are for kids that are not involved in that program? There absolutely are. So, like I said, the junior intern company is for ages 12 through 18, that sort of intensive program. But we also have our summer camps every year uh, for our young people ages 6 to 11, so who aren't quite old enough for the junior intern company but still want to be involved at the barn, still want to learn the elements of theater, technical design, Shakespeare, composition, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so our summer camps uh, will be running throughout the entire summer. We are so excited to welcome, you know, Barney alumni and professional teaching artists to come and teach these wonderful young people. Um, and there are morning and afternoon options available. Pretty much any element of theater that the young person in your life is interested in, we have a camp for them. Um, you know, like I said, we have a, a, a camp dedicated to composing music, and we have a camp dedicated to uh, improv, and another one for, you know, going back and looking at all the movies in the past and how can we, you know, do scene work based around those classic Hollywood films. So anything that they're interested in, they can sign on up. Um, and I do want to mention as well that for all of our programming, we are so pleased to offer tuition assistance for anyone who uh, who might be in need. We offer partial and full tuition uh, assistance options. So please reach out to us if, you know, maybe the, the monetary element is, is a little bit challenging for you. We would love to accommodate you and have your young person come and join us for the summer because we understand how important theater education is. Well, and I love that piece of it, too. I mean, we're talking about theater education and keeping something alive that a lot of us maybe have taken for granted because we grew up. I mean, I grew up. My mom would take me to the theater and take me to plays and things like that. And we are now in a generation of and I've got kiddos that are very plugged into video games and all of that. And there is a place for that. But to sure. make sure that we're still cultivating in-person arts and and keeping that art form going, I think, is hugely important and uh, definitely worth the time. Absolutely. And so do we. That, that mirror of reality, seeing it live in person is 
so important. And again, like we talked about, to have that next generation of people who are interested in creating that, not only coming to see it and being audience members, but being the ones who actually are getting their hands dirty and making it happen is, is so essential. So yes, we are so thrilled to offer that opportunity to anybody in the area who needs it. Oh, we'd love to have you come back. Um, but Oh my God. But, but <laughs> just for future, just a little pointer, uh, you might want to be a little more upbeat uh, as you're presenting this stuff. <laughs> You know, it, it helps the cell. That's all I'm saying. What are yeah, you saying? You know, I, yeah. hear that, I hear that all the time. Everyone's like, wow, you're so dull. You're so well, boring. okay. I didn't mean to harsh the mellow yeah, here, exactly. but you know. It's okay. You try to get passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, you know, oh, that's... a little more upbeat will help the cell. That's all. No, we can definitely hear. Yeah, we can, we can hear your passion for this, which, which is really neat to hear as well. That's a blast. I don't need coffee now. I'm jacked. I'm ready. Oh <laughs> We're going to go audition. Yeah, that's it. Really? I'm yes. 18. Trust yeah. me. Would I lie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I believe you. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we, we definitely keep you hanging around. You're fun, Brittany. Oh, my gosh. I would love to come back. You know, we always have new things happening, and as you can tell, I am, I'm I'm kind of excited about it. So I would, yes. <laughs> I'd love to come back and talk more. Hell, Thank I'd love to see you. If this is as excited, I really want to see you when you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cartwheels galore. Yeah, no kidding. But yes, yes. it would be good to get another um, update. What's the website? Yes. Website is nlbarn.org. And for anyone who's interested in our junior intern company auditions and interviews, I do want to mention that they are in person this weekend. I know that's kind of a quick turnaround, um, but they are April 9th and April 10th. Uh, at Whipple Hall in New London. Um, and if you are interested in auditioning or interviewing, just send an email to education at nlbarn.org or head on over to nlbarn.org, the website itself, to find out more details. We're also accepting virtual auditions and interviews as well. So if you feel more comfortable sending in a video or setting up a Zoom or Google Meet uh, sort of interview audition situation, we are totally welcome to that. And we invite everyone to come on down and, and get involved with the New London Barn Playhouse. Cool. Well, we will be talking to you again. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you. <laughs> Brittany Bye. Sue Hines, New London Bart Playhouse. So check it out. 845, taking a break. Back with more. was great yes you know uh clapton was yes, on that I and, and strip all the all the acoustic uh, mm -hmm. all the stuff away mm -hmm. acoustic guitars you got uh rod and uh, mr hit me with your ugly stick uh ronnie woods on acoustic guitar 
um, playing. Um, he's with Stones. Okay. Um, and uh, but he and Rod been buddies for years. Um, it's just very laid back. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd's there. I enjoyed that segment yeah. of, of MTV. Right. When Unplugged when yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. It was then... cool. Nirvana and all the guys took away all that mm-hmm. jangly guitar and they had to strip everything down. Yeah, and, yeah. It was wow. not all techno. Well, yeah. and you realized, wow, it still sounds pretty good. Yeah, and then you're then yeah. you can truly see the talent. When when Clapton yeah. did uh, Layla. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That version stripped down. It's like sure. we were used to hearing and then he just went in. It was like, damn, I like that. Yeah. It translates really well. So yeah, back when MTV meant music television. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Instead of weirdo shows. Not not so much anymore. Uh eight fifty is the time. Um I was looking at uh, um a couple of stories uh, and I'm just who do you trust these days? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, predicted in early February that a Russian invasion of Ukraine could take Kiev in just seventy-two hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he delivered that prediction um, to closed hearings on February second and third, saying Ukraine would likely lose fifteen thousand troops compared to Russia's four thousand. He arrived at Congress yesterday and said, this time, um, the war in Ukraine could last years. Like, what? How did you change that the, much? The, the, well, that's yeah. it. And apparently, yeah. uh, Bill Keating, a congressman from Massachusetts, pressed Milley on what, on what he now thought the timeline would be. Mm-hmm. The general responded, it's a bit early still. Even though we're a month plus into the war, there's much of the ground war left in Ukraine. But I do think this is a very protracted conflict. And I think it's at least measured in years. I don't know about a decade, but at least years for sure. How the hell did we go from 72 yeah. hours to yeah. years? I'm not putting a lot of stock in that. Yeah. Um, and he made the revised prediction before the House Armed Services Committee. Uh, members of Congress pressed him on what the U.S. could have done to deter Vladimir Putin from invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. He said, candidly, short of commitment of U.S. forces into Ukraine proper, I'm not sure he was deterrable. Okay, that's honest. Okay. Uh, uh, You know, everybody's saying, well, we're doing the embargoes and we're doing the... uh, Short of putting boots on the ground, Mm -hmm. he was going to go. Right. Um, But yeah, you just... You know, here's here's the chairman, Joint Chiefs of Staff. (laughs) It's going to fall in 72 hours. (sighs) Uh, I'm not saying a decade, but at least years. It's like, wow. That's quite a turnaround. Yeah. so, well, you know, it's just um, scary. Yeah, yeah. So, it may, yeah, it makes it hard to put any stock in any of those. Well, predi- I mean, you know, I could say just as accurate a pre- prediction. Probably. Just from my living room chair. Wow. Now, here's the story. I don't, I'm, I'm even scared to open the story. Okay. The headline is Family Tree Stumped. Family Tree Stumped? Yep. Most Americans can't name all four of their grandparents. Oh. I don't, I'm not buying that one. Because, I mean, maybe if you go further, you know, great-grandparents and, and, you know, generations beyond, maybe. I think most people can name their grandparents. According to a recent survey of 2,113 adults, mm-hmm. including 1,911 from the top 10 Nielsen markets, 
Um, there's a massive knowledge gap when it comes to recent family history. Uh, knowledge of past generations varied by city. 66% of Boston residents could name all their grandparents, mm -hmm. compared to only 26% of those in Philly. San Francisco residents, not much better at 34. People in Chicago and Dallas, higher at 36. As a whole, just 47% of respondents could correctly name all four grandparents. Oh, goodness. The survey also reveals that only 4% could name all eight of their great-grandparents. Yeah. See, that I believe. Because even, even thinking about my own, getting my kids know who their grandparents are, would they be able to name the first names of my grandparents? I don't know. But it, that, I find that interesting because I feel like today's generations are more connected to their grandparents than we were growing up because of, I mean, it's made possible by technology, even if you don't live close to your grandparents, and a lot of folks do now. So I, I feel like kids are more connected to their grandparents now than we were. No, I don't think so. Really? No, I don't, I don't see uh, it. I don't see it. No. Plus, I, I, I think it's not the younger generation, it's not the Gen Zs and the millennials. Uh, it's the boomers that uh, are doing that ancestry tree where you yeah. do a saliva test. Yeah. You know, and they're yeah. like, what? what? My folks always say we were Irish. Yeah. Why does this come back Mediterranean? Right. Northern that's, Africa. That's because, yeah, they're really interested in going back No, now they're creeped out. It's not, well, you lied to me. <laughs> I don't think that's what they're creeped. saying. No, they are not saying that. And I don't think that that's not in the same vein as not knowing the names of your grandparents. That's going, oh, you know what? It would be good to know, you know, like supposedly I have English and Scottish ancestry. Well, okay, does that really prove out? Or, you know, yeah, if there's some Spanish in there, you know, it's intriguing. People want to know. And since we can do that, they're the, thinking yes, there that's could a be, great there idea. Could be Spanish. Because of my freckles? Well, no, the Armada, when it went up the English Channel, it, the hurricane blew it up around. They were shipwrecked. Some of them landed in Ireland. Some of them didn't go back to Spain. They stayed in Ireland. They could have intermarried but i'm not irish i'm scottish no. okay oh scotland sorry <laughs> uh, over the tip oh, by, yeah. the, by the orkneys i'm not putting a lot of stock into yeah, your look at assessments either. by the orkneys okay, oh, okay. That's, right. now it's so clear. now you've got spanish and scottish my point is that's yes. why people are trying to to find this out because they're like oh that's really cool that you could tell things that maybe even my parents didn't know it's not they're not being lied to like I've been betrayed. See, I'm Scottish, um, Scottish Scandinavian. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need any DNA tests <laughs> to prove that I'm not taking no out. damn yeah, blood exactly. test. exactly, no. Yep. None needed. You no. are, yeah. The blonde hair and the blue eyes gave it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. You, you exude. Yep. Yes. See, we, we came over in the long ships and invaded Scotland. Yeah, you know, some of them hung out. Say, hey, this is yeah. kind of nice. We'll stay here. You're cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the dress. It's yeah, a kilt. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Oh, uh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, but I do, do know some people who have taken those tests and are like, that's not what my family told me. Mm. And I'm like, well. The well, because they didn't know. They're they're going on the best thing that they know. They lied Either to you. Either that or that. They didn't <laughs> lie to you. Let's cover this up. Either that or the tests are unreliable. I don't know. I just, you know, you're sending your DNA out there. Would you do that? There. No. I wouldn't do No. It. No. No. My mother did, but I would not do really? it. Really? Yes. Yes. Was she satisfied? She did not consult with me. Did, was she satisfied with the results? 
I don't even know. I don't. We we didn't really get a chance to to talk about it after it came back. No, I know a couple of people who've done it, and I just mm-hmm. uh, that that's not high on my list. No, I I don't need to know that badly. No, not enough to send my DNA out there, because then when I go and commit crimes, they're gonna find me. Just so you know. uh, what do you mean when you go to commit crimes? Oh, additional crimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> crimes against radio. Uh, uh, we got. What do we? What do you got? You want to go in? Sure. What do you want? Pick one. All right. You want Cheryl Crow? Sure. All right. You love Cheryl Crow. No, I don't think I do actually. Yeah. Then we'll get, we'll get rid of sure it. Pretty sure I don't. No, we'll play her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> News on the way. This is you have you have just gotten a glimpse <laughs> into the complex decision making yep. process yeah. that Peter and I go. I through. hit that button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's this one do? See, we're true professionals here. <laughs> Really are not at all winding down this last minute. Where are you, Cheryl? All she wants to do is have a little fun before she dies. Preaching to the choir, girl. <laughs> all right, if we get our act together, we are coming back after the top of the hour. Have fun. Throb in the early 60s. Um, yeah, he was a teen idol. He was up there with Ricky Nelson. And that was uh, uh, Volari was his million-selling record. <laughs> oh, okay. And Wild One. Mm-hmm. Um, he toured Australia with the Everly Brothers, mm-hmm. Marv Johnson, the Champs, who did Tequila, and the Crickets oh. without Buddy Holly. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was born Robert Louis Ritterelli. Oh, and so I they see. We shortened that up Rydell. a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Passed away yesterday at the age of 79. Oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, 
But he never made the. Uh, he, he actually um, um, uh, the Broadway musical uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Okay. With Anne Margaret and Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. He was in that. Really. So yeah, he, he um, kind of he made some hit records, uh, but by '64, it was over. Oh, it, it was okay. done. Yeah. He just didn't really make the transition um, because by then stuff had moved on mm-hmm. to British invasion sure. and psychedelic and you know blah 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 blah. But um, he toured in his later years when the nostalgia uh, caught on. Um, if you were in the '50s and '60s, early '60s, um, and you were getting along in years, and these three guys came to a theater near you you would have gone okay bobby rydell frankie avalon Hmm. and fabian the three three teen heartthrobs okay um they were touring up until like 2016 see and what's interesting is that i've heard of the two i i had not heard much about bobby rydell Hmm. you've heard of frankie avalon hello and and i would say um if this is just me um of the three of them, mm-hmm. Rydell had the better voice. Really? Yeah. Interesting. The only thing Frankie Av- uh, the, the Frankie Avalon had mm-hmm. was Annette Funicello. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. yep. You know that uh, those, those two were mm-hmm. together. Right. Um, you know, until she ditched him for Skippy Peanut Butter. Um, and <laughs> Fabian was kind of a one-hit wonder, but he was that teen heartthrob, clean cut. Yeah. You know, if you were had a daughter in 1961. You'd let her go out with Fabian okay. or Frankie Avalon. You <laughs> gotcha. Know. It was yeah. One of those kind of guys. But yeah, uh, yeah he uh, unfortunately um, passed away um, yesterday. Hmm. Uh, complications of pneumonia. Oh, yeah. okay. Yep, seventy nine. Wow. Um, so, uh, in in the uh, um, um, book, he did a Broadway musical drama Grease in its film adaptation, uh, and. What school did they go to? Well, that's what I was going to ask, is that's why it was Rydell High. It was named for Bobby. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yep. <laughs> yep. It was named Rydell High yeah. after him. Uh, in the book, The Beatles Anthology, um, big, big, which I happen to have, page 96, Paul McCartney <laughs> said, quote, John Lennon and I wrote She Loves You together. There was a Bobby Rydell song out of the time, and as often happens, you think of one song when you write another. We planned an answering song where a couple of us would sing She Loves You, and the others would say, yeah, yeah. We decided that was a crummy idea, but we had the idea of this song called She Loves You, so we sat in a bedroom, a hotel bedroom, for a few hours and wrote it. John and I sitting on twin beds with guitars. So the Beatles' She Loves You was basically kind of a ripoff of a Bobby Rydell song. So who knew that Bobby Rydell f- factored into uh, some of the Beatles' success? There you go. 9-11 is the time. Just figured I'd pass that along. Um, troubling story, uh, just south of the border. Uh, Massachusetts coronavirus cases have jumped by 27%, and hospitalizations are ticking upward as well. Uh, state Department of uh, Public Health in uh, the Bay State reported 1,116 COVID cases, 27% increase from infections last Tuesday. They're warning that the Omicron BA2 stealth variant is spreading around the region. Mm. State's average percentage positivity now 2.67% up from the rate of 1.603 weeks ago. The uh, positive test average for Tuesday's count was even higher, 3.40%. So, eh, you know, um, you hate hearing um, that uh, our neighbor to the south 
their cases are jumping because where are they starting to come now? Yeah, they're going to come up and see us. Nothing personal. But could you leave that stuff down there? Don't be bringing it up here. Um, we kind of would not like to have that. So, <sighs> all right. So that's all I know. Can we go home now? No. Oh. <laughs> we have so much more to do. More people to talk to. Oh, who are we talking to? We are hopefully going to hear from Henniker Farm Country <gasps> oh, Store. Oh, the country girl. What's going yeah, on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we oh, need an yeah. update from U.S. Marshals a little later on. Oh, Brandon's on? <laughs> wow. You are not worried the about who, the bad side. No, of, oh, not at all. Goodness. We'll take a break. Jeannie will be back right after this. <laughs> I am not a Zeppelin fan. Why? Not at all. Bad memories from... I had a brother that, yeah. He loves Zepp. He did. Oh, and you love your brother. My brother led a very tragic life, and yeah. You're blaming Zeppelin? That was his anthem. That was all he did. Yes. (laughs) No, not blaming. That's my association. Just like people have associations with certain songs. I hate it. You like Barry Manilow. I don't hold it against you. I hate Barry Manilow. I hate it. it. (laughs) Anyway. 917 You know who I I really love? Thank you. No. Jess from Henniker Farm (laughs) Country Store. (laughs) Oh, you two cracked me up. Oh, save us, Jess. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's cold. Hi, Jess. Good morning. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Besides well, picking on Jeannie and yeah, her Barry Manilow. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I, for I, the record, I do uh, not I, like Barry Manilow. I come on, second fiddle on this one. Man, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. So um, everybody's pounding down your door now because the snow's oh, going yeah. away. Uh, the, the, the wind is drying everything up. They're, they're getting ready. Oh, yes, they are. Yep, and so are we. So. Oh, man. you you got to love it. I mean, you've been waiting for it. Oh, absolutely. We got our first shipment of plants in yesterday, so I am I'm in my happy happy place now. Ooh. Now what did you get in? Oh, yeah. What did you get we in? We got plants? in a lot of uh, beautiful pansies, 
This shipment is all from our local local growers, the father-son uh, duos, yep. and they are right out of Deerfield, New Hampshire. But we got in some beautiful pansies. Uh, we got pansy bowls in that have, like, dianthus and uh, some uh, dusty miller in it, so it's a really nice combination and really nice, vibrant Easter color pots and plain pots. Um, we've got pansy window boxes in. We've got some really beautiful tulips and daffodils that are really starting to um, to bud and blossom. So definitely some color popping in around here. Now, is, is this stuff already hardened off, or do, do you, they bring it home and harden it off? Um, it's For the most part, it is hardened off. It's good for about 35, 40 degrees, which is about what we're seeing right now. Okay. So we're still telling people, you know, if you want to put it outside, just bring it in at night just to be, yeah. just be on the safe side. But... Yeah. Now, what happens if they forget and it goes down to 30, 32? Is it going to get cooked and will it come back or is it belly up? So the key is just keep it well watered. So if you don't think you're going to remember to bring it in, keep it well watered and that helps with frost. If they dry out, that's when they really they really die from the cold. Oh, okay, Gotcha. Yep. All right. So the first of many shipments, when are the vegetables coming in? Um, Probably not for a little while because it is still a little early. Um, but probably another couple of weeks we'll start to get cold crops in. Now, could people, um, could they start uh, uh, flats in their kitchen or their living room? Sure can. Okay. Yep, things like cucumbers, squashes, tomatoes, those are still early. Uh, but you can definitely start, if you want to do your own cold crops, definitely get those started. Um, you can even start, like, watermelon, pumpkin, ones that take quite a while to, to start um coming up and growing those usually take quite a while so yeah and those you know those those vine out as opposed yep. to the tomatoes that uh if you start them too early they just keep growing they get all spindly and and yeah hard and to manage stock, yeah and their stalks can stay thin so you want nice thick stalks especially for your tomatoes to battle with wind and it's just healthier and they can handle large fruit yep. so yeah those are better to wait yeah no no that makes sense uh, yep. is your tick stuff flying off the shelf now Oh, we're selling a lot of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, selling a lot of my favorite, the Bonide Ant Flea and Tick granules to put on the lawn, a lot of the Yaya Tick Repellent. Uh, we have new this year uh, Wonderside Flea and Tick Repellent. It's an all-natural, I'm super excited about it, um, spray you can use on your pets or yourself. And we also have a geranium um, bar. So geranium oil is really good for repelling deer flies. Really? Yes. Is that on dogs or on people? Both. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Now, yep. if if I treat my dogs uh, with frontline or some kind of, you know, tick, flea and tick thing, can I still put a collar on them? You can. The the Ceresto collars, you, def- you could. Um, it's kind of like, you know. You don't really have to do both of them. I obviously always recommend the Ceresto collar because it's external. It's a lot safer. It is a reason people don't have a tick topical ourselves. It's, it's pretty pretty potent stuff. Um, so I'm always um, encouraging the Ceresto collars. Ceresto's stay on the outside of the animal, so mm-hmm. it's a lot safer. It repels them. Okay. So How's your, uh, how's your chicken ordering been going? Oh, good. We have our first batch coming in either tomorrow or Friday, so we do have extra birds on there if anybody's looking for some extras to add to their flock or just forgot to get an early one in. Um, and then order forms are also going in today for the first week of May. Um, so we'll ha- I will have extra birds on the first week of May if you prefer them then, then and didn't get your forms in. Um, and we also have first week of June as well. And then we do July orders as well for more meat birds and uh, turkeys. 
Wow. I was gonna oh, say, yeah. I was, I was going to say, what happens when you, you got an order for 300 and then, you know, 50 or 60 bail out? And what do you do with 60 birds? Oh, we, we'll just have them here and we, we sell them. Usually we have a lot of people that'll say, you know, if you have, I'm not going to order, but if you have extras, call me, I'll take them. Um, so we usually don't have a problem oh, wow. uh, finding new homes for them. Yep. Oh, okay. But usually people who order that quantity of stuff, they don't back out. Yeah. Okay. They're really looking for them. Hmm. So, so yeah, we've been selling. We've been doing a lot of meat birds this year. There's a lot of people asking about meat birds, raising their own chickens. It is super easy. Um, all of us here have done it. So if you if you want to start or try a few, you can always pop in. Um, Kristen and I usually do them every year. So um, and then everybody else has done at least once or twice here. So hmm. we're we're we love helping people like start new who haven't done it or if you want to grow what's the next stage do you have to do anything different so we like doing stuff like that all right i do have two questions on the meat bird piece of it so is there any different type of care or maintenance because they're meat birds as opposed to egg layers um and then secondly, who does the butchering? Like, do you have to do the, you have to chop the head off, watch it run around the <laughs> yard and, and have like a big spectacle if you're queasy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're squeamish, I mean, how easy is it really to, to get that taken care of for you? It, it is pretty easy. A lot of people will do them themselves. Um, like Kristen here, she does them all. Her and her family, they process their own meat birds. Um, but we do have butchers and local butchers that will process them for you and package them up. So if you do our squeamish and you don't think you can do it all yourself or you don't have the time to process them yourself, we do have a bunch of butchers that we usually can recommend um, people so that way you can have it done and, and they'll do it all for you. Uh, but they're super easy to raise. They, I mean, I think they're almost as easy as laying hens, if not a little easier, because they require a little less maintenance. They're only around for about uh, eight or so weeks, so they're not around for a long period of time anyways. Um, That's true. So, yeah. not, a yep. big, not a big commitment then. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope, okay. eight weeks. I usually push mine till about nine weeks. I like a little bit, I like a bigger bird. Um but it depends, too, on how big you want your birds. I mean, when I push them to, like, nine, I've even gone nine and a half weeks, I'll get, like, a, about a nine to ten-pound bird. Um, mm-hmm. But if I'm going to keep them that extra week, I, I, want them, I want that extra meat. So, I mean, I'll have the breasts on, on some of my males will be almost two pounds apiece. Wow. So for, me, for our family, that one two-pound breast will feed the three of us. Sure. So, Sure. But Absolutely. some people don't want them that big. Some people want them only like five, maybe six pounds. So you just you just don't keep them as long. Can you tell a taste difference between the ones that Absolutely. You, you can? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Big difference with any meat you raise versus the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. No, oh, I, yeah. That's true. I know somebody that had, uh, had meat birds, and they had uh, a coop, and then they had a little area about the size of the studio, and it had netting over it. And, mm-hmm. Okay, fine. And then they said, well, you know, we're going to free-range them. And so they let them run around the yard. They ran down to the store to go grocery shopping, came back, and there were piles of feathers. The, yeah. ho- the hawks <laughs> came by and went, yeah, oh, no. look at this. Yeah. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dear. 
Uh, okay, yep, so the 12 hog. meat birds you thought you had. No, you have eight now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even for like people who only want to like start off small, even if you want to start with like 10 to 12, you can make yourself a chicken tractor. You can make it all yourself. Um, and then that's something you can just, you can keep them in, move them around your yard for kind of bug control. Yep. And they're well protected because they're fully enclosed. Um, you do just, a lot of people will kind of enclose uh, a portion of it, like half of it. So that way, if they're outside and it does rain, they can still get out of the rain, um, and then they can stay out there for the whole eight whatever weeks you want to you want to raise them. So a lot of people that do a small amount will do that, which is perfectly fine. So you you can get as involved in it as you want to. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 It, exactly. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yep. All right. So uh, uh, you're still gonna you, you're not moving to weekends yet. Not yet. Soon no. though, but not yet. I was gonna say it's gonna be coming. They're gonna be pounding oh. down the doors. Oh, it sure is. Yeah, in a, in a couple of weeks, we have all of our perennials that are going to start flowing in, and then obviously more flowers, more pansies. So yeah, we're getting there. And you said uh, Kentucky Creamery is going to come back? Yes, April 23rd. We've already had a lot of people asking that have um, coming in, showing us their uh, their grilled delicious steaks or seeing a bunch of people posting pictures and commenting on how delicious the steak was and asking when they were they're coming back. So, yeah, April 23rd is another Saturday. Uh, Nate will be here all day again. I can't wait. Sounds like a plan. All right. We'll talk yep. soon, Jess. Deal. See ya. See you guys. Bye. Jess from the Henniker Farm and Country Store, Route 114 North in Henniker. Go see Jess and check out the perennials. Yeah. And, again, if you're going to pick up some, uh, you can keep them outside. But if the temperature is going to be a little dicey, bring them in. Uh, or, at the very least, make sure you water the base solidly. If it dries out, it's compost. Uh, 928. We'll take a break. Back with more right after this. U.S. Marshals come for you. Just surrender. <laughs> don't hide under a blanket. Don't hide in the dishwasher. Don't hide under a coat in the closet. No, no, no. They've you, checked those places before. Okay? You know where you hide? They will never think of looking. Where? In the shower. Behind the shower Ooh, curtain. They are right. not going to catch on to that one. No, you will be safe. We're, we're right talking there. to Jeff, not Brandon. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. Ouch. I'm not even here to defend himself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how are you, my friend? We are crazy busy as always. It seems to be uh, continuing on this roll that we've had going. It just uh, never seems to stop. We've got a lot of uh, good cases coming our way, and we've been able to uh, locate and arrest a lot of people that really need to be in jail. So we're uh, we're happy about that. That's got to be incredibly satisfying for you. You know, one comes across your desk, bang, it's off the desk. And that's, and that's our goal. A lot of these cases that come from out of state, we try to jump on those because most of the time they're – they're pretty serious cases. I, I think one of them uh, that, that really, you know, jumped out at us last week was a gentleman by the name of Walter Velez Torres. He was wanted on Massachusetts charges uh, for he, he had several charges, including rape of a child. Uh, he had five, with a five-year age difference or more in decent assault and battery on a child. Uh, you know, one of those cases that really drew our attention. And and you know, this wasn't just a one-time thing. He had two warrants, two different victims. 
So we definitely prioritized that. We were able to take him into custody in Manchester, uh, and, and hopefully he's going to stay in jail for a while until that's cleared up. And it just continued on. You know, uh, we had another case that came to us out of Stratford County for uh, child pornography, and uh, that case uh, led us to Manchester. That Those leads did not pan out, but we went back over to the Dover area. We were able to track him down. That was Jeremy Alden Towell. He was wanted on uh, some charges, uh, like I said, the child pornography charges out of uh, Stratford Superior, which uh, we were able to take him into custody at a family member's house over there. So that, that again, worked out. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations. And then, uh, yeah, so th- those were, you know, obviously offenses against children, which we definitely prioritize and uh, put those at the top of the list every time. And then, of course, our Future of the Week program, we always put that on the top of our list, too. So last week's Future of the Week, Joel Barlow, uh, you remember we featured him. He had a uh, parole warrant, uh, and his underlying offenses were four separate narcotics cases and a larceny case. He also had a couple of additional warrants for thefts out of both Laconia and Tilton. Uh, doing some work on that. We ended up uh, going to a house in Laconia. did not find him, but we didn't like the way that panned out. So we uh, stayed around that area the next day and followed somebody who actually picked up uh, Mr. Barlow and took him to a, ho- a hotel in uh, in Loudoun hmm. where we were able to take him into custody. So those things uh, definitely help us out. Uh, we received a lot of tips pointing in that general direction. So uh, based on that, we were able to get him into custody pretty quickly. No. Uh, are, they, are they surprised? I mean, it, the, 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 he's dropped off at a hotel, and all of a sudden, there's the U.S. Marshals going, uh, Mr. Barlow. Like, oh. He was he was definitely shocked. He, I think he was hoping to uh, get some a nice weekend away at the hotel, uh, but unfortunately, that didn't pan out. You know, I, I think uh, people were well intentioned, trying to get him to turn himself in, but uh, it wasn't going that way. And a hotel is not the right place to turn somebody in. So. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we ended that uh, pretty quickly, and we took him right to the state prison where he uh, has a room instead of at the hotel. Oh, there you go. Well, again, I mean, there's three. Congratulations! Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very busy week last week and the week before. It's uh, it seems to be continuing that way this week. All right, and uh, we we continue on. So we have a new future of the week uh, this week. All right, who we got and this week? We're looking for Tia Jean Reed. She is also wanted on parole violations. Her underlying case was uh, sales of fentanyl. She is a white female, only 26 years of age, five foot five, 140 pounds, has blue eyes and blonde or strawberry blonde hair, has several tattoos that might stand out. On her left arm, she has the word love. On her left hand, she has a skull and flowers. And on her left ear, she has XOXO. Uh, additional tattoo on her back of wings with music note and the word faith. So uh, definitely some tattoos that are quickly noticeable, especially that left-hand tattoo, the tattoo on her ear. Uh, those things are going to stand out a little bit. She has a lot of ties in the Hill, Alexandria, Bristol, Sanborton, and even into Laconia areas. Uh, hopefully somebody recognizes her or knows who she is and can either A, get her to turn herself in, or B, uh, point us in the right direction and we'll help her uh, make that choice. Yeah, I mean, 26. Come on, Tia. You got time, girl. Turn your life around. Exactly. You know, this is a young girl that has a, a lot of life left in there. So, you know, get this stuff behind you. Go take care of your parole, vi- parole violations. Move on with your life and uh, get back on the straight and narrow and try to make something of yourself other than keep on getting yeah. in trouble. So Yeah, and, and there's only so many places in Hill, Alexandria, Bristol, Samberton, and Laconia you can hide. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
All right, who's the case agent? I'm sure somebody knows where she is. The case agent on this is uh, the man we're going to try to make a a legend, uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Brandon Wilson. (laughs) And uh, you can reach the legend at uh, 603-225-1632. And uh, as always, you can go right on the poster, click on the link that says Web Tips. That'll send us an anonymous email. Or text the word NHTIP followed by any information to the phone number TIP411. We don't need your name, address, information. You don't need to testify against Tia. It's all about just tracking her down and getting her in front of the parole board in this case or in front of a judge or back in jail so she can take care of her uh, legal matters. That's, that's all we're looking to do. We're not looking to add any convictions. We just want to uh, take care of the matter she has uh, in front of her. Got it. Well... Uh, we got some people out there. They can go to uh, uh, WNTK, our Facebook page. You can uh, eyeball Tia Jean Reed. Uh, and, again, uh, all the phone numbers and uh, a web tip, uh, the text numbers are there. Uh, and if you can uh, point uh, uh, the legend or, or Jeff in the, the direction of uh, Tia Jean Reed, it would be much appreciated. We definitely would appreciate that, and hopefully we'll have some good news on this one Uh and I'm sure we'll have some other releases coming out soon. All right. Well, we're in tomorrow, so, you know, anything shakes, give us a call. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Take care. All right. 9.39 is the time. Uh, 26 years old. Come on, girl. I know. You know? Um, I mean, we all screwed up in our teens or 20s. You know, right. we did stupid things. Right. Uh, but take this opportunity to it, make it right. Yeah, it's not too late to turn, <laughs> you know, turn it around, turn around. girl. Yep. Uh, just get it behind you. Deal with it and move on. Or else you're going to be looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that is no way to go through life. No. Taking a break. Back on the other side with more. Both in the dead of the night. Although we both lie close together. We feel miles apart inside. Was it something I said or something I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you. Though I tried, but I guess that's why they say every rose has its thorn. Just like every night has its dawn. Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorn. You know, the funny part is, they did such great kick-butt music. Their number one song was a power ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. You know, Mama's Fallen Angel, great song. (laughs) Ain't nothing but a good time, great song. And then there's, there's Brett Michaels just wailing on Every Rose Has a Thorn. Yeah. I mean, got the lighter. And then you got, Light, I know, I have my thumb up yep, going, yep. <laughs> swaying back and forth doing the concert. Like. And I, I think I remember hearing the band kind of went, ugh, really? Yeah. No, we, we, bam, Mama's Fallen Angel. Yeah, wailing no. on the guard. And they, no, oh, this doesn't work. People and how did it. that work yeah. out? Yeah. It's like, yep. okay, who sure. knew? 944 is the time. Boston Red Sox fans, you got to wait one extra day 
for the start of the new season. Team's opening game, uh, opening day game against the New York Yankees uh, in the Bronx. <laughs> That's nice. Well, that was a Bronx cheer. Uh, I got okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's being postponed because of the forecast for inclement weather. Hey. Teams are now scheduled to open the season on Friday at 1.05 p.m. Boston previously announced that uh, uh, Nathan Ivaldi would get the ball as the starter for opening day. Boston was originally scheduled to open the season at home against the Tampa Bay Rays at Fenway on March 31st. But that changed when the offseason MLB lockout dragged on into March, which caused the league to initially scrap the first two series of the 2022 season. The league later restored the schedule to 162 games uh, after they signed a collective bargaining agreement. But Boston's home opener against the Twins on my son's birthday, April 15th, uh, hmm. scheduled for a 2.05 p.m. start. In addition to celebrating Fenway Park's first game of 2022, April 15th also marks one Boston day and the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking MLB's color barrier. There you go. So let's think about baseball. You don't like the 105. No, I love oh, okay. the 105. Oh, okay. I can't believe I missed that. I'm okay. very excited Sorry. about the okay. 105. Okay. Love the weirdo yeah, starting times. Okay. Love it. Okay, that's a good thing. Now, let's think about football to start off. Mm. So football players play in rain, mm -hmm. in ice pellets, in hail. Does a football game ever get called for weather? And they're playing at what time of year? In the fall yeah. into the winter, yeah. right? Baseball, if it begins to mist, we get to call the game. Yeah. I just... Now, a different game, obviously, different, you know, mechanics in what you have to do. I'm Ooh, sure it affects. Thank you. That I've been good. working on that. Yeah, I practiced I like that. for days. Yeah. You, you know, so probably the rain would mess up the bat hitting the ball. I don't, but it just cracks me up because it makes it seem like, if you don't really think it all the way through, that we have some delicate baseball players yeah, I know, I know. when the football guys are going out and their fingers are falling off in the ice and snow, mm -hmm. and they're still playing. I, I, I just, it, it just, now, it's if, funny. Now, if the baseball players were out there with metal bats, okay, I we get win, it. Yeah. Okay, but and even then, only if there's a threat of yeah, thunder. Right, yeah, I don't know. I get that. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Oh, it's raining. We don't want their uniforms to shrink. I mean, I know. <laughs> like, what's the... Only they you would think of that. They will mess up their hair. I, I don't understand why they, they can't play in a little bit of rain. I mean, you look at the... In the spring! You, you look, in the spring and summer! But you look at uh, a typical Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Okay? <laughs> it's two in degrees. What? Exactly! It's snowing like a banshee. Yes. And half the people in the away bleachers are bare-chested. Sure. Going, and That's our team. They're yes. hoisting up their lining kugels, you know? Yes. And I'm yes. like... You guys are idiots. All right, you go. Right, you know. but we're into it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And then, yep. then contrast that. It's a July afternoon. Right it's seventy degrees out because it's raining a yep. little. Call the game. Mm, yeah, I know. Okay, I, I'm I'm more football than baseball guy anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I know. I I always thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. I remember they they, jeez, I was it was Cleveland. I think it was a Cleveland game. Um, a few years back, um, Cleveland needed to win the game, I think, um, to advance uh, to to playoff playoff contention, and there was a hatch of bugs. Oh no! Oh uh, no! No no! I'm serious. It was a, it was a night game, and yeah. and if somebody knows, call and back me up on this. Um, but it was a night game, and I was watching because I was cheering for Cleveland. It's like okay, for come sure. on. 
And all of a sudden, the, 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 the fielders are batting stuff around. These honking lantern flies are coming across from Canada. They're attracted to the 8 million watt candle power sure. lights at the stadium. And the thing is just, <laughs> the, there are bugs landing on hats and gloves, and yeah. they're just, they can't see anything. Yeah. And it was just like, you're playing in that? It's like, oh, and yeah. And they kept playing? Uh, I think they did. Okay, good. Because um, I was going to, I had pictures of them waving their arms going, well, they might bugs, have. they might have called it for a few. And running off the field. Uh, they might have called it to try to. Say what are we doing? I can't see. Yeah, but the well, oh, it was legit. just it was just this herd of like a swarm. Yeah, it wow. was creepy. It was that creepy. Is a little creepy. But yeah, I, I know. Uh, you see the football players, mm-hmm. uh, and they huddle in. <laughs> the, they got the heavy jackets on. Sure, they're in front of the heaters. Yeah, and then they back out. They're wet and freezing, yeah. playing in mud and sleet, and yeah, I get it. I, okay, I get it. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, Red Sox, uh, Red Sox Yankees, Friday, one oh five p.m. Uh, that will be the team's opening day but not the home game you got to wait until april 15th for home game at fenway that's when hopefully the tampa bay rays will be served up as victim number one at fenway park there you go. we're gonna go for that you can hear all the action right here on new stock 99.7 wntk am 1490 fm 98.9 wuvr mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you were out uh, riding around cheapest gas in the state right now yes as of 42 minutes ago Okay. Three fifty five a gallon. <gasps> Love it. Down in uh, Derry. Um, okay. London Derry Road. Okay. Um, Holderness, uh, Golden Pond Country Store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three sixty nine. Nice. Uh, we've got uh, one in Portsmouth, three seventy three. Got a mobile in London Derry, three seventy seven. Three seventy seven in Portsmouth. A uh, bunch of three seventy nines in Newport, London Derry, Enfield, Allenstown, Moultonboro, Newport, and London Derry. Most expensive gas in the state? Yes. Hmm. Four forty-nine a gallon. That's the uh, Irving Station. Hooks it north. Now, interesting. Hooks it south, the one right across the lane, four thirty-nine. Ten cents a gallon. <laughs> so if you're coming back home, you're saving ten Hampshire, cents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll treat you a ten cents better. Well, it's all downhill. <laughs> it's all downhill from Lincoln. You're just coasting down into Massachusetts. That's yeah. all. But yeah, 449 northbound, mm-hmm. but 439. Uh, 446 in Plymouth, uh, 445 Nashua, Nashua, 439 Lincoln, Newton, Bretton Woods, Hooksit, uh, Hooksit South, uh, Nashua, 435 in Manchester, 434 Campton, Manchester, Concord, Concord, and Concord. So, wow, nice. So, so there's your spread. Like 449 most expensive, 355. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are. Yeah, yeah we'll it's see. sad that those are numbers we celebrate, but it does sound good right now. You know, I don't know. We'll see where it's going to go. I know. Uh, okay. Um, and uh, you know, Ukraine's going to drag on, and now we're going to be releasing the. Um, we're going to be releasing uh, more oil from our uh, reserves, which I'm not thrilled about, um, but. Uh, um, California Democrats telling voters um, about the three P's. Um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, the pandemic, uh, Putin, and price gouging. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. Many of his constituents uh, are convinced that Biden and the Democrats are in some measure responsible for an issue that has gained urgency. 
duh. A <laughs> uh, 50-year-old woman stood unsmiling while finishing putting 3.2 gallons into her car, budgeting enough to get her to teaching job at an elementary school. She said, I'm hoping I win the lottery so I can afford a Tesla. <sighs> yep. Um, and this Democrat, Levin, who represents a state with some of the highest gas prices in the country, are struggling to come up with quick fixes or even long-term solutions to the gas price problems. Uh, the issue is testing the mantra that Democrats are the party that delivers. Biden said, yeah, I know how much it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we're going to release a million barrels of oil a day for the next six months. House, uh, House Democrats applauded. Um, they said, well, you know, the economy's grown significantly. Well, yeah, but, uh, yeah, un unemployment rate is low, um, but um, so is in uh, inflation's high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no, no. It, it doesn't, yeah. unemployment is low because and nobody's able to find workers to keep their businesses afloat. So they're having to shutter or close half of the times that they normally would have been open. There, you've got restaurants closing down for certain days where they never have before just to stay afloat. Yeah. That does not sound like a recipe for success. Well, and, and um, you know, uh, House Democrats, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on House Democrats, okay? Uh, but you choose to hold this up and saying, hey, look, huh? We're releasing a million barrels of oil for every day for six months. Yeah. Okay, so the House Democratic Caucus Chair, Hakeem Jeffries, a uh, Democrat out of New York, said, uh, this doesn't happen automatically. It happens as a result of presidential leadership and partnership with the Democratic majorities in the House and Senate. However, over the past several weeks in interviews on Capitol Hill, House Democrats running in swing districts and their aides privately acknowledge such a message is tone deaf for many voters who are feeling the effects of higher cost of living. They also worried that the emotional appeal to Americans about gas prices, with Biden and others saying paying more to pump is a small sacrifice to show solidarity with the Ukrainians, may not sustain an increasingly irritable electorate. <laughs> okay, um, mm -hmm. another uh, congressman said, our challenge is to just speak truthfully to the people. We're not going to pretend that economic pressure from inflation isn't real. It's a hard conversation and requires a more thoughtful message. What I found is be straight. Don't try to spin it or sugarcoat it. Say, look, this is the result of an unprecedented global pandemic and a war launched by a madman. we got to figure a way through it. So far, polls show the Democrats' messaging is falling flat. Uh, an AP poll found that while 55% of Americans believe the skyrocketing prices are out of Biden's control, a majority of independents attributed the rise to the president. A Quinnipiac poll released last week found that Americans were most likely to blame the Biden administration's economic policies while well, 24% said they were a result of the war in Ukraine. And they're still looking around for answers. They're trying to pick a direction. Sure. Something's going to stick. Sure. And meanwhile, the rest of us are just going, okay, look, I need help now. Yeah. How does this affect me? You know, figuring out who to blame, what does that do for us? I yeah. mean, that only that only helps me, you know, 20% of the time. The rest of the time, I'm trying to slog it out, get to work, get to the grocery store, figure out why I'm broke every time I leave a grocery no store. Kidding, no kidding. It, it just, you know, it's a daily struggle. And so people are getting fed up with, I don't want to hear your philosophies. I don't want to no. hear, you know, the, the, the big picture. I need help now. Yeah. I don't need you to explain inflation. Mm -hmm. 
I don't need to, you know, I don't need you to say, I know it, it hurts you. Mm-hmm. You're sounding condescending. Right. I don't want to hear that. Right. Right. How about Good. we elected you to do something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and we, we're going to go all green. Okay. Great situation. Yep. 10 years down the road. How is that going to help me now? How is that going to help me this month? What's in it for me? How yeah. are you going to make yep. my life better? That's yep. what I want to know now. Right. And that's why people have very little tolerance yep. for the rest yep. of this because we are fatigued. Boy, I'm looking at uh, uh, gas prices in in uh, California. Mm. Regular five eighty five a gallon, <laughs> wow. uh, plus six oh five a gallon, and premium six fifteen a gallon. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never. Uh, California is one state I've never been to. You haven't? No. Oh, I, well, I have no, been well, as I a take, kid. I take yep. it back. I made it out to Needles, um, cut, cut through Nevada, and and uh, um, remember the song Three Dog Night." Never been to Spain. Mm. Well, I've never been to Spain, uh, but I made it out to Needles. Okay, and so you did that just for that. I did song. that for the that song. That is a you move, a hundred percent. Of course you did. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? That's the only part of California I've ever been to. Because of the oh, you because are killing the song. me. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. But I've never been to California. People say, oh, you've got to go to. Cal-. I've never. Yeah, I've been. I've, I've been to Oregon, mm-hmm. Utah, Nevada, mm-hmm. Arizona. So you screwed it all around. Yeah, it. yeah all around it, man. Yeah. yeah, Washington State. Been there. I have zero interest going to Cali. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I, I'm not one of the beautiful people. Um, I just, I don't care. So, no. Needles. That's as far as in the Needles. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, when oh, I hear the song, you know. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, Eagles. That's a good reason. Take it like easy. I kn- Stand on a corner of Winslow, Arizona. That, yeah. I know that that's the only reason you did that because you told that story that's right. as well. See? Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> the method to your madness I know, I know. is, uh, yeah, and actually, quite I, a force. Actually, yeah, to show prove, yes, that I never throw anything away. Yes, I was cleaning out a box of stuff. I found a receipt. I bought a new cowboy hat when I was in Winslow, Arizona, from a place called the Catch Pen uh-huh. on Main Street in Winslow. I still have the damn receipt for 1987. Of course you do. I'll bring it in just to well, show you that you I know, was there. We all believe you because of your Nixon Agnew hey. pin there. He's ready. He's, yeah. He's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Nixon Agnew. <laughs> just a jackknife has old Maggie Heat, baby. And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites With his teeth, baby Scarlet billows start to spread Fancy glow